You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we are talking about Aaron Rodgers. And we're talking about Aaron Rodgers because first, Mike Sando at The Athletic came out with his QB tears, and that caused a little bit of buzz. And then Aaron Rodgers gave an interview uh, and this apparently was a previous interview, and it's going to be out. The full interview is going to be out later, I think next month, on Spotify with Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football. And I don't want to say he said some interesting things because, frankly, I'm not sure he did. Uh, but we are going to talk about it because it was clearly a topic of conversation over the last few days. I want to talk about this Mike Sando piece for uh, an important reason. In the QB tiers that Mike Sando does every year, first at ESPN and now at The Athletic, Aaron Rodgers has consistently been a tier one guy every year and has been the number one guy, even as his stats have continued to fall. And this year, he was third. Third. That's still pretty good in tier one but did get some Tier 2 votes. And I got a note from a Twitter follower that was, you know, why do you think there is this disconnect between basically the stat nerds and the NFL? And what I find interesting is if you look at, let's say, Pro Football Focus and their grades, which are theoretically qualitative, his last few seasons still been really good. And if you look at wins above replacement that Pro Football Focus does, still really good. Was a top five player last year in war. Sports Info and Solutions, their total points metric. He led the league in total points last year. Yet there are all of these other numbers that don't support that. You know, whether it's completion percentage above expectation, his passer rating has fallen, yards per attempt, the average net adjusted yards per attempt. I mean, there's all of these other underlying metrics that say the last few years, statistically speaking, Aaron Rodgers has fallen off. And and the point that I've made over and over again is we need to have the context here. But I think the heart of where this disagreement is, or at least the misunderstanding is, comes perfectly encapsulated in a quote. And there was one last year that was great. And then there was one this year that was great. And there is some language, so just understand. I know a lot of people read, listen to this with their kids, so just understand that there's going to be some language here for a second. Okay, here's the quote this year. Last year, the quote was, 
the people who think he's fallen off, I'm paraphrasing, the people who think he's fallen off don't have to play him every week. Here is a similar quote. I know some people don't like him because of whatever, but all I know is if you picked five quarterbacks you don't want to play every week, he is one of them, said a defensive coach with NFC North experience. I don't want to fuck with that guy. You can say what you want, but when you go into a game, that is the first guy you're preparing for. It ain't the running back. It ain't the receiver because he's a free agent running backs and third-round receivers, fourth-round receivers, just dudes. No tight end. You are worried about that dude. And that's theoretically true for most teams. The quarterback is the driver of any offense, but this is essential to me. The disconnect is explained in that quote. Because Aaron Rodgers can't do Aaron Rodgers things every play, every week, the way that he used to be able to. Aaron Rodgers is still capable of being Aaron Rodgers. He's still capable of the incredible. He's still capable of going in and ripping your hearts out single-handedly. He's still capable of going and putting a perfect passer rating together against the Oakland Raiders. He's still capable of having a terrible first half and coming out in the second half on the road in a game that gets you a first-round bye and winning even in matchups against guys like Darius Slay who are good players. And that is what makes Aaron Rodgers so dangerous. The people who play Aaron Rodgers every week, the teams who have to figure out ways to defend him, are saying, look, he may not be consistent snap to snap, but he's not inconsistent in the way that Jay Cutler or Jameis Winston or Sam Darnold or some of these guys who are inconsistent in throw interceptions, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo, inconsistent player, in part because he turns the ball over too much. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. He has some accuracy and consistencies that have cropped up over the last few years, but they don't lead to turnovers. So you say, okay, if you're a defense, how are you going to deal with this guy? And the answer, by the way, is you're going to you're going to drop and you're going to you're going to force him to hold the ball and play precision football. Last year Aaron Rodgers was 31st in accuracy percentage when kept clean. And that is not great. Sharp Football Stats said no one threw more RPOs last year than the Packers, and yet Aaron Rodgers' success rate was worst in the NFL. We know his play-action game has not been great. The deep ball inconsistency has been there. And so all of these things point to a player who is more high-variance than he used to be. But here's the thing about high-variance players. They can still beat you single-handedly. Jameis Winston can still go out and throw five touchdowns and beat you. Jay Cutler was capable of doing that. He could go out and play great and beat you. Matthew Safford, in a lot of ways, for most of his career anyway, has been a high-variance player. He could go out and throw five touchdowns and beat you. Or he could go out, throw three touchdowns, and, and throw two interceptions and fumble the ball, and now you've got a problem. There are a lot of players in the league that are like that. Now, when you look at something like total points or wins above replacement and you see that he's still really good in those metrics, it's telling you that he is still capable and maybe not as consistently down to down, but certainly game to game and over the course of the season to be a difference maker. So the the, the teams around the league are recognizing that fact. The numbers 
may not be. And so, for example, you look at in aggregate over the second half of the season, Aaron Rodgers was not good statistically last year. And the numbers bear that out. But they won a bunch of games. And one of the reasons they won a bunch of games is he was good enough in the first quarter that the Packers played with a lead and the defense held it. It's one reason why I think a lot of the criticisms about, oh, they didn't get a receiver or they're not getting enough weapons is a little bit misplaced because they, they've been good enough to score points and then they brought in the necessary players to come in and say, okay, get us a lead and we'll hold it for you. I mean, this is the case I make all the time with Tom Brady. It's not just weapons, and Brady has had plenty of weapons. It's not just offensive players who are weapons. It's defensive players. You know, the, the Patriots signed Darrell Rivas. They signed Stephon Gilmore. They've had really good defenses over the years because guys like Brian Flores and Romeo Cronell and Bill Belichick are some of the best defensive minds of the last generation. And certainly in New England, found plenty of success. I think Brian Flores is one of the up-and-coming head coaches in the NFL. And that Dolphins team, mm, sleeping giant, probably overselling it, but they're, they're a sleeping... NBA player, maybe <laughs> not a giant, but like a sleeping tall person. Like I think, I think they're going to be the kind of team that even before they get the kind of talent that makes them a year-to-year contender, that they're going to make it a pain in the ass to play every week because Brian Flores is really good. That's the kind of thing that the Packers can do. It's the kind of thing that helped Tom Brady win a pair of Super Bowls after he was Tom freaking Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I hate to break it to a lot of people, is not Aaron freaking Rodgers anymore. But in a game, in a game that matters, you know, the Seattle game, Rodgers was great. He was really good in that game. And he started slowly against the 49ers and really started to heat up. I think it's overblown to say, oh, that game was totally out of hand. Patrick Mahomes brought his team back in a playoff game down three-plus scores. And the Packers' defense was unable to keep them in that game long enough for Aaron to do any of that. They started a comeback, and it didn't matter because Green Bay couldn't hold the deficit at a workable number. This is something that every quarterback has to deal with, of course. So when we think about this this gap between what the, the metrics might be telling us and what the league is telling us, And by the way, there are some metrics that still like Aaron Rodgers. I think those are related because you think of total points. Well, total points, Sports Info and Solutions said that no quarterback lost more value via drops than Aaron Rodgers last year. Okay, now we're talking about how. We're talking about context. We're talking about what were the circumstances that led to the thing. And and the thing about statistics and statistics only is they're able to tell you what happened. They're able to show you an outcome. They're unable to provide you any answers about how or why that happened. And as you can tell by the fact that my podcast is dedicated to the how and why, I think that's really important. It's why... I think pro football focus is useful. It's why I think sports info and solutions total points metric is useful because they try and add the how and the why. And they even add some context to the what. Whose responsibility was it? Whose fault was it that the outcome, which is borne out in the stats, 
wasn't what it could have been. That stuff matters when we're evaluating the quality of the players. And so all of this works together. So you say, okay, Aaron Rodgers, you know, that, that quote said it all. Okay, he's there are, you know, there are not great players around him. Aaron Jones is a very good player. Devontae Adams, I think, is a great player. But beyond that, a lot of question marks. Okay, so that matters. And then there's the variance. And the variance is real. And if you're a defensive coordinator, you have to plan like Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron freaking Rodgers because if you don't, guess what? He's going to be because that's the deal. If you want to blitz Rodgers, he was a top 10 quarterback against the blitz last year. When not pressured, he was not. Bottom half of the league. In fact, one of the five, eight worst quarterbacks when he was holding the ball. Rush four, drop seven. Dare him to beat you. I know that's a weird thing to say, but a number of teams last year tried it. Some of the teams he was able to beat, some of the teams he wasn't. And especially the teams that could rush the passer, those like Los Angeles and San Francisco and Philadelphia, they were able to create enough disruption. Philadelphia got a timely fumble. San Francisco in the in the regular season meeting got a, a fumble that turned into a touchdown that, that changed the tide of that game. So... That is something that when you're a defensive coordinator, you have to build in the variance. You have to say, okay, well, he could be great. He could be the guy we saw against the Raiders. He could be the guy we saw against the Seahawks in a big spot, by the way. He could be the guy we saw in the second half against either Lions team or in the first quarter against Minnesota in week two. We saw it in flashes. And if you're going to make the case, by the way, that he can get back to something closer to Aaron freaking Rodgers, it's year two with Matt LaFleur, it's healthy Devontae Adams, it's Aaron Jones with a stable of backs, you get a little bit of development from someone like Jay Sternberger, you go addition by subtraction with Geronimo Allison, and now you've got something. I think that's a reasonable perspective to have, but we'll see. And of course, there's a lot riding on it. We know the stakes. Because Aaron Rodgers' days in Green Bay are numbered. And I know that sucks as a fan to hear, but that's the truth. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up after this. So Aaron Rodgers gave an interview with Kyle Brandt. And it's an interview that's going to uh, go up on Spotify as part of the the Ringer promotion, you know, Ringer and Spotify are now one. Bill Simmons sold the Ringer. We don't have to get into the details of it. Kyle Brown, a Bears fan. So the the final question of the video was, "What are you going to look like in a Bears jersey?" Aaron laughed. That's not the important part of the conversation, and it's not what people are talking about. The first thing a lot of people wanted to point out was that Aaron Rodgers went out of his way to say that he was hoping expecting the Packers to take a receiver in the first round. He saw them trade up and tells an anecdote about finding out, okay, it's actually going to be a quarterback. He goes and pours himself four fingers of tequila. By the way, that's my new band name. And he had also talked about, oh, uh, you know, the, the guy from LSU, the one from you know Clemson and from, he mentioned three receivers, not by name, but by description, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, and Brandon Ayuk and said that he knew the Packers had interest in Ayuk. So I don't 
I don't really think this is news. I just don't. A quarterback thought his team was going to take a receiver, wanted his team to take a receiver. A lot of fans have taken this to mean Aaron Rodgers thinks the Packers need a receiver, and to not take one is to not follow his directions. Okay, first of all, it's not his call. Second of all, no quarterback is sitting watching the draft thinking, you know who I'd really like here? I really like that D tackle from Baylor. That guy is really good. You know who I'd like here? That free safety from Oklahoma State. I don't know why I picked all Big 12 guys. But let's just go with the bit. That free safety from USC. That guy could really help our team. No quarterback is doing that. Every quarterback is sitting there going, get me a pass catcher or get me an offensive lineman who can block. And the Packers already have arguably the best pass blocking offensive line in football. So Aaron Rodgers probably not too worried about what's going on there. He wants some weapons. He wants some toys. Don't we all? It's not a thing to me. It doesn't bother me. It is not something that I think anyone needs to worry about. Every quarterback is sitting watching the draft going, man, I hope we draft some young stud who can turn into the next guy for me. Now, it is galling to a lot of people that Justin Jefferson wound up with the Vikings and that Brandon Ayuk wound up with the 49ers. Here is, once again, and I've said this before, longtime listeners are, are hearing this for probably the third or fourth time. Here's what I think happened. Green Bay had every intention of taking a receiver early, and it's the case they really, really liked Jordan Love. They started doing work on Jordan Love in the fall, and I think the Packers have wanted to kick the tires on young quarterbacks. They were in on Drew Locke, and they were in on Jordan Love. Of course, obviously, they drafted him. I don't think that is the same as saying they didn't really care about the receiver position. No, they did, and I think the trade-up is reflective of that. When they moved up to 26, they thought, okay, the Vikings take Jefferson at 22. They have the 25th pick. They are not going to take another receiver. And it's also probably the case that the Packers, if they had called Minnesota, the Vikings would have asked for a King's ransom to move up to that spot. Instead, Green Bay got a great deal from the Dolphins to move up. And they thought, Brandon Ayuk would be there. And they thought, if he's not, we are happy to take Jordan Love in this spot because we think he's really good. They don't take Jordan Love at 26 with all of the repercussions and all of the ramifications and everything that goes into it, all of the baggage that goes into taking a quarterback in the first round, not just taking a quarterback, but trading up to take a quarterback. They had already gone through those scenarios. They'd already vetted those options and said, look, if we can't get the receiver we want, the quarterback of the future for us is going to be there, and that's the guy we're going to target. Matt LaFleur was in on it. Brian Gutekinst was in on it. They love Jordan Love. So Aaron Rodgers rightfully says, well, not exactly what I thought the situation would be. I'm going to take the edge off with a double tequila. 
presumably he's got some nice stuff there, maybe some aged in the barrel, some Don Julio, whatever it is, whatever he's got going on in California. It's probably good. Did he put ice in it? Inquiring minds need to know. Aaron, hit us up. Everything else in the interview is pretty banal. He called Jordan Love. He wanted him to know that he's excited to work with him. He also is going to say, you know, look, I'm. he's not going to take my job. I wasn't thrilled, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course, nothing in the interview is out of the ordinary. What's out of the ordinary is that Aaron Rodgers is more candid than the average player would be. And I don't think if this had happened five years ago, he would be this candid. I think what happened is he understands after what transpired that his days are numbered. A year, two years, three years is probably crazy at this point. Maybe the pandemic changes that. Maybe it doesn't. So what does he have to lose? They're going to either move on from him in 2021 or 2022. So, I mean, what else can they do to me? And, you know, that's a reasonable position, of course. And I I think he sees it with clear eyes. Look, this is a business decision. And the Packers liked Jordan Love enough to think that he's going to play. And and, uh, kudos to Kyle Brandt. For as bad as his tweet was about the coronavirus earlier this week, this was a great question. And and he basically said, you know, what's what's more likely that they don't play their first round pick or they do is really what it came down to. It was like, you know, hey, um, you know, are are you going to are you going to make them trade him or are you going to outlast him? And Rodgers basically said, no, I think they're going to play him. I think that I think the reality is they're going to move on from me, not Jordan Love. And that's true. That's right. That's why you that's why you draft Jordan Love. So Aaron sees this from a clear eyed standpoint. We all should at this point. It's not a secret. So really, is there anything new in this? I mean, there there were a lot of jokes about how the, the only thing that was really news from this story was that Rodgers is drinking tequila, not scotch now. Of course, Aaron is famous for going to the press conference and saying, oh, I'm going to go home and pour myself a nice glass of scotch and watch the film and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Tequila, a little bit on the healthier side of that relative to scotch, but, you know, not, not questionable, of course, not a big deal. So... I mean, is this something we even really need to discuss that much? I don't feel like it is, but it was enough of a talking point in the news and with fans that I felt like we had to address it in some way. So here we are. We're addressing it, and I don't think it's a big deal. I think he's saying what everyone else realizes. And everyone needs to be prepared for it. You know, I tweeted about it, and I got a lot of responses from people that were like, you know, I'm not ready for this, and... This is too much. And it's like, no, this is, he said the exact same thing basically three months ago. This isn't new. He understands that this is coming to an end soon. And in some ways, I think for a lot of fans, that goes to the point of, well, why didn't you try harder this year? Because this could be the year with the cap falling next year. This could be the last great season the Packers have with Aaron Rodgers because in 2021, that season, you know, there could be dire consequences of this salary cap reduction. 
they may have to move on from some really good players. And their their team may not be nearly as good as it was last year or is this year. That that would suck. Now, a lot of teams are going to be facing those issues, but a lot of teams don't have Aaron Rodgers at the end of a contract or at the end of his lifespan in Green Bay. So I think that adds stakes here that other teams don't face. And it certainly adds stakes here for fans. And I totally understand that. But really, none of this is new. Um, I, I, what I what I hope to convey is that I hope you enjoy Aaron Rodgers while he's here. Um, and, and I hope that you take Rodgers' advice. I, I think he's genuine and earnest by saying, I don't want Jordan Love to face the kind of issues that I faced. And I don't want him to feel like I'm going to ice him or anything like that. I hope fans don't treat Jordan Love that way. I also hope fans don't say, hey, Aaron Rodgers, you can go now. Jordan Love is the future. There's certainly a balance to walk there. And I think it's important that, we, that you know, everyone try to walk it. It's, it's tough. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a legend. And Jordan Love is potentially the future. I know that's a, a, a you know, a tough line to ride. But the Packers are going to try and do it. So fans, hopefully they can do it too. All right, we're going to be back next week. A lot more to talk about. Uh, we'll go to five days a week when the Packers are act- actually practicing. Uh, and we can actually talk about what's going on on the field. Uh, it's the kind of thing that, you know, we don't actually even know precisely when that's going to be. For the time being, it's it's digital meetings. And it is COVID testing. And it's trying to figure out what's next. So hopefully they're able to make this safe and that players are able to do the things that are necessary to, to put together a season even without a bubble, the NBA and MLS. And there, there are some models out there that are working. The NFL would certainly buck the trend, but that's not to say that they can't do it. Um, you know, the, the, the continuous testing is something that I think is going to be really important. So if they're able to get everyone in and, and everyone on board with this, it can all work. Uh, so we'll get to more discussions about what's actually going on on the field. Unfortunately, we don't have exhibition games to talk about. But we'll uh, we'll certainly go to a broader schedule once the season opens and, and once we have football on the field to talk about. I have some things that I'm, that I'm working on, uh, some people who may be regular contributors to the show that I want to bring you. And I'm excited to do that and excited to announce that when we're able to do that. That's coming up here in the next couple days, a couple weeks. So keep an eye out for that. Best way to do it, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe. Make sure every episode of Locked on Packers gets beamed right to your phone, your tablet, wherever you're listening. Maybe you're listening on your computer, and that's the only place you have Spotify. Cool. Boom. It's there every time you need it. And anytime you need me on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can find me there, 920 941-3775 to stay locked on Packers.